podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Morning Rabble. Um, yeah, again, another lovely Scottish summer's morning for everybody. We Everybody turning their heat on it this time. <laughs> um, absolutely brutal. Right, today I'm joined by Brian and Kerr. How are you doing? No bad, thanks you. Good, mate. What about you, Kerr? You good? I back up the morning, so enjoying my last day here. <laughs> good stuff, mate. I love a wee day off. There's nothing better, is there? <laughs> right, obviously, I've, I'm sure everybody that's on social media has seen the transfer guru Fabrizio Romano has tweeted about Rangers putting in a bid for Morgan Whitaker. Um, I think it was kind of yesterday, I think it was Scott Burns that had actually broke some of the news that there was a bid in for him, reported to be around about a million pounds. Um, Swansea reportedly holding out for a little bit more. Um, I've just done a little bit of, kind of homework on the guy, but I'll let obviously Brian and Scott jump in as well. They can obviously speak about him. 22 years old. Moved from Derby to Swansea at a time where Derby were obviously struggling financially. Has been out on loan at Lincoln and Plymouth. Uh, he's been capped by England under 16, 17, 18, 19 and under 20s. So clearly quite a well-known player for quite a considerable period of his, his career. Um, he's under contract in 2025, so he does still have a couple of years remaining there. So Swansea obviously do have control of the situation. Um, he can play as a left winger, a right winger a number 10, or as a main striker, depending on how, you know, best to utilise him. He is a left-footed player, so you can obviously play him off the left naturally, or off the right to come inside. And, also anybody that knows the teams that are stated earlier, he has played quite a lot of League One and Championship football in England. Kerr, I'll come to you first. You obviously know a little bit about the guy, having spoke to people. Um, what's your thoughts on the type of player he is, and yeah, again, we keep talking about the criteria. Is this the sort of player that fits the criteria in terms of his age, his value, his resale and things like that? I think it is. Well, I mean, if you get him for, I know they rejected 900k, didn't they? So if you get him for just over a million, say 1.2, 1.4, and he's at Rangers for, say, two years, two and a half years, and then we sell him again for a profit, that's the way the club has to go, I'm afraid. We've done it with Aribo and Bassey, so I think that's the way we have to look at it. But talking to people about him and watching videos and stuff and He's very direct, he's very exciting, he's quite a big lad, I think he's over six feet. He's got great balance, I've, what I've noticed about him, and he can go either side because he has two footage, yeah, predominantly left, left foot he uses, but he can use the right, so that can be tricky for defenders because they don't really know what way he's going to go, he's not like a one-trick pony. But I've liked what I've seen about him, He's obviously he's hungry, he's still young, he's still learning, but... He's played a lot of football for somebody that age, and I know people probably say, well, he's coming for League One and he's coming for Swansea. He's no type of player we should go for, but I think you have to go for, you have to be clever in the market, and I think this could be maybe Michael Beale spotted him or somebody, maybe somebody Michael Beale staff, because he fits some older Rangers the way we play, and if he can get him for a decent price, he's not going to break the balance transfer-wise or wage-wise, so if he can bring a man in uh, Give him game time and he, he progresses with us, then it's a one one situation because we can sell him for a bit of money and reinvest yeah. it again. My only concern as well, I just wonder why we're going from now when we wasted all that money in Matondo. 
I mean, no disrespect to Matondo, it's just no work for him, and hopefully he can turn that about. But yeah. you would think this lad might have been on the radar before Matondo, so that's what I, th- I, feel, I feel it's the Michael Beale that's brought this boy up. I'll come to you, Brian. Obviously, this news really gets broken the last kind of day or so that mm. we've been looking at this guy. See, when you look at the type of player he is and the fact that he obviously plays in England, does this maybe strike you more as Michael Beale and his coaching staff have obviously liked this guy, they've maybe watched him, etc. And that's why he's now like sort of come to the club's attention maybe more than previously when we did sign Rabbi Matondo. Yeah, it's obviously going probably back to sort of the Gerrard sort of management sort of period where they were quite keen in looking at lower league England, you know, and picking up players for next to nothing and, you know, selling them on as we did with Rebels, for example. Um, Is it interesting that he's actually, he's not done particularly well at his sort of parent clubs, but yet when he goes on loan, he, he seems to flourish quite well. I don't know why that is. I mean, he's, you know, he scored five goals at Lincoln and nine at Plymouth. So, you know, he's he's only scored one hank at each of his parent clubs that he was at. So it's interesting that he's he's done well at the loan clubs rather than his his original parent clubs. So, but no, I mean, he, the versatility obviously will attract Beal as well because he loves, Beal loves that guy with a bit of versatility that can move around the park and, you know, left, right, uh, forward or defensive. So it's, it's very much a, a Beal sort of, player um it's all about the fee um as you say he's under contract till 2025 so it all depends on what Swansea are really wanting to do with him I mean they've had him out on loan a couple of times now so it would suggest that they're not I wouldn't say too keen on keeping him so it could be as, as Scott said you know getting just over the million it looks like it'll maybe take something of a a bid around that to get him because obviously 900,000 was rejected so no, it's it's interesting, interesting times. So yeah, got to trust the scouting team. I'm afraid. Yeah, look, I think it goes back to well, a bit like what you've pointed out there. When Stephen Gerrard came in, they clearly had specific players that they felt as though they needed. So obviously, by the time that he came in, we already had like Alan McGregor, we had Scott Arfield, then we added like Connor Goldson, etc. I think we're going down this same route where the manager, obviously, when he's been doing his homework. It, QPR. Clearly QPR didn't have a huge budget either, so I don't think the manager really spent any money um, over the summer. Um, so that's interesting. And when you look at the quality within the squad, we are lacking maybe more players who are more versatile. And the fact this kid comes in with a natural left foot, there's always just something good about watching a player with a left foot. I don't know what it is. Maybe they just look more classy because they're left-footed. But I think his versatility would allow us at times to move Ryan Kent about. It yeah, would then allow yeah. us to maybe put fashion through the middle if the manager wants to change it up and you could go with Whitaker on one side, Kent on the other. Well, I think to be fair, easy, like, Ryan doesn't really play in the wing, does he? He basically floats, you know, he kind of goes wherever he wants to, which I think has obviously you know, put his game back to where he was previously. Um, but yeah, like, I think he's an interesting signing. I'll come to you, Kerr, on something that Brian's touched on there. Is it just that maybe like sort of players like this guy in terms of how he plays? Is it just that he'll fit into certain systems better than others, and maybe that's why he's done better out on loan? Or is that a concern that maybe they don't see him as a championship quality player? They see him as a League One quality player. No, I think my dad there was issues there, and you know, maybe playing that, <laughs> maybe playing the experience players to try and get him out of trouble, and yeah. he did play a few games for Derby. 
not all loan spells are successful, as we've seen ourselves. We went to Lincoln, done okay. Plumhouse seemed to, seem to play him in his favourite positions. He, he, he seemed to get the most out of him. Swansea, I don't know what the issue is there. Maybe just looking, maybe they've got other options in the Swansea team and they're just looking to maybe get some money back on him because they paid a wee bit of, a wee bit of fee for him. So maybe they're just thinking we can sell him for what we bit more than we bought him for, plus a selling. It may be good for us, but maybe the player just wants a, a fresh challenge as well. So I just think he, he looks like a type of player that would do well for us. Well, obviously, we've, we always need exciting talent because that's the way we play football. I think we Michael Beale plays, he was in that system, but like you said, they can play a few different positions. I mean, I've been told they can also play right wing back. So even if we were struggling there, they could go play as a wing back as well for us. So I just think, oh, and it's a good package deal. He's not going to be on a big wage and he's not going to cost a lot, a lot of money. So, and by all accounts, the kid wants to come. So it's a win-win situation for Rangers. I just hopefully we can maybe get it done quickly because I think we need a few players added. Yeah, I mean... CGM is asking when is it Derby. Um, if you actually look at his kind of career path, you can go on and kind of see it online. CGM. Um, he started off at Derby. He actually did very well for um, Derby Academy level. He scored quite a few goals in the year for Youth League when Derby had won the Under 18 League, I think it was. And I think he played a couple of games for the first team. And because of Derby's financial problems, he was then sold to Swansea, who signed him at. I think he was like 19 at the time, maybe just touching 20. And then he's obviously been out and loan a couple of times since then, as I say, at, at Lincoln and kind of most recently at Plymouth. I'll come to you, Brian, in terms of this is a guy who has been out and loan and is now obviously back to his parent club. Is this just purely that they're looking to sell him and that's why they're not playing him? Because if they play him, then he wouldn't be able to be registered at another club until next season. Mute, mate, you're on mute. Uh, yeah, sorry, I would I would suggest so. I mean, you don't just recall somebody from a loan if they're doing reasonably well, unless you're yeah. going to play them in your first team. Um, so I would I would suggest that obviously the, the clubs have been sniffing around them as well. So Swansea are thinking, well, we've got maybe a chance to, as you say, yeah. recoup some of his money. Um, not sure of his wages. Um, could be League One, it'll be or what sorry championship level it'd be decent wages it won't be sort of bank breaking stuff but you know it'll be a chance for them to recoup some of their wages as well um and they could you know because i think Swansea have always you know they did well when they came up in the premier league and of course yeah. since they've had a taste of that they'll want back so you know they'll be itching to try and get back into the premier league so they'll they'll be i would suggest they they're they're taking them back to uh, get them back and get them I would suggest at least sold because another loan is not going to obviously do it for them because, as you say, he's under contract till 2025. Yeah. Um, and with a few clubs sniffing around, I think they're going to decide just to cash in and take what they can. And as you say, just over the million pound might just do it. There's one of the guys that obviously says he's watched him at Plymouth Argyle. Saying he's a lot better in the middle, just behind the number nine rather than out in the wing. Yeah, I mean, that's the interesting thing when you actually look at yeah. Some of the videos I was on. I bet you look at some like some different videos. I do think you can always go onto YouTube and look at the the skills and goals compilation because everybody looks like Ronaldo at that point when they're hitting thirty yarders into the top bin. I mean, I think we can roll those ones out for Carlos Pena and stuff like that. And you know, obviously, pretty quickly you realise that's really not the kind of player that he plays every single game. You know, but it's interesting. The guy 
is obviously flexible in terms of his position. And he looks as though he's pretty direct. He's got a bit of a turn of pace. He can strike a ball from distance. He gets himself into the box. He certainly does seem to fit the, you know, the system that obviously we are looking to play, which I think is quite interesting. But obviously, knowing Rangers, we'll probably still be sitting in a few days' time to see when he's going to sign. Right, guys, a question for you two. Since see James asking, what do you put in your skincare? <coughs> I add sugar, but my son has it with tomato sauce. Uh, I've only had French toast for a long time, but I think it was actually brown sauce I put in mine. <laughs> <laughs> right, Brian, what about you, mate? Are you a French toast fan? And if so, you no. No, absolutely not a French toast man. No, it's just Brian likes his porridge. <laughs> exactly. Right, I'm sorry about that, CJ, but the peer is all because I don't eat French toast either, mate. I'm I'm pretty sure my brother made it once when I was staying with my parents. <laughs> And he did it when he came home drunk one night and nearly set fire to the kitchen. So I'm pretty sure that was banned in my house growing up. So, yeah, I don't think I'll be having French toast either. Um, no. But I appreciate the question, mate. We always love your banter and stuff like that. So that's the boys answered that one. I think I'm pretty sure Caroline says that she likes it with brown sauce as well. So it's no guess Kelly. <coughs> it comes to that type of thing. I bet, I bet um, brown then, Molly. <laughs> just to go back and... Well, go. be just quickly before we come to you, Brian. Heller's saying she likes uh, savoury with tomato sauce or sweet with maple syrup and strawberries. Now that sounds really nice. I'm not going to lie. That we bit of bacon then, maybe. Aye. <laughs> but unfortunately, um, I'm for Paisley, so we don't have fancy things like maple syrup and strawberries on no. French toast or toast or anything like that. So, uh, no. if uh, you've got to bypass my area of expertise there. <laughs> Um, yeah, just to answer Steve's question, uh, he is good. He is definitely good enough for Forest Mechanics because we will take anybody that can stand up just now. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with that because I don't think I've ever seen Forest Mechanics play, so I'm definitely not going to argue with that. Um, Brian's obviously touching on a point that a lot of people are making, and I get the frustration among supporters because just like everybody else, we are ring of supporters. We care. We want to see the team win. We realise the team needs to be refreshed, and we need some players. Um, crazy how we're in mid-January and still not made a sign for frustrating for fans so you can only wonder what Beal is thinking dragging over heels yeah look I think there's a frustration because Michael Beal's been fairly honest in the last couple of weeks in terms of needing players and it sounds like he's obviously done his side of the job which is maybe to bring certain players to the attention of the club and he's obviously spoke to certain players and agents etc as it all works these days and he obviously maybe feels like he's done his job and it's over to, you know, Ross Wilson and the board to basically back him. You know, like, obviously we understand deals aren't straightforward. We know you just don't pick up the phone, put a bid on the table and everything just turns. I mean, unless you're Chelsea where you can open up a massive checkbook and basically throw money at guys, that, that generally doesn't really seem to work for most other clubs. Um but I think, also we'll come to you, Kev. We're going to kind of touch on something a wee bit different, something that's been kind of getting chatted about in the last few days because of the, obviously, uh, Cholak been out injured, obviously, Roof picking up that shoulder injury. There's obviously been some names in the past linked to the Angels. Scottish players is basically what we're going to talk about. We've obviously kind of spoken, obviously, just before the pod about Laurie Shanklin and Kevin Nisbet. Um, obviously, today there's links with kind of Kevin Nisbet going to Celtic, which kind of goes back a few years as well. Is Isler one of those two players players that you think could come in and fit at Rangers? And, and if so, what would the fees be for those kind of guys if you think that we were going to approach them? I think Shankland is 
I think if we're going to buy him with a bottom of wheel back when he was at, going about as a free agent, yeah, I think now he's at Hearts. I don't think I would spend a lot of money. Lawrence, I know he can score goals, but he doesn't offer enough for me. That's just my opinion. Nisbet's a different kettle of fish, given Nisbet I would buy tomorrow if he was available. But I don't think we will, because I think when he will end up at Celtic, I think, or down England, I don't think we'll come to us. I think, I don't think we'll spend three, three and a half million in Kevin. I think we would probably spend it elsewhere. But to me, Nisbet's a better player than Shankland. Mike Fogel turned around and say Shankland scored more goals. And they probably will have, but just overall team player, what he puts into the game, just his football and ability. And I know he's had a bad injury, but just everything else on top of that, I think Shank, eh, sorry, Nisbet would be a far better player for us. But I'd love to see him at Rangers, but I don't think we'll get him. Brian, I'll come to you um, on this one. When you look at like Shankland, he seems like he's more of a, a penalty box striker, you know, somebody that will get goals in. Whereas like Nesbitt does a little bit of everything, doesn't he? I think he's got a little bit more about him, in all honesty, as a striker. So if it was like sort of one of the two, like what one would you pick? I have to agree with Kerr. I'd I'd be going for Nesbitt as well. He just he seems to fit more of uh he probably does a lot of the work that probably Morelos does or has done in the past. You know, he, he's he's a big lad, you know, he can lay it off, he can he can certainly finish. And he's not shy in sort of creating a chance for himself either. So he's he's definitely a guy that you would you would you would favour over sort of Shankland because we've already got a, a penalty box striker and probably Cholak, so we don't need another one of those. We need it we need something different. He's under contract till twenty twenty four, so it's it's certainly a time for Hibs to either they're going to have to either cash in or they're going to have to decide to try and sign him up. And I would think it's he's 25 now. He's probably got maybe one, two, well, one really good deal and then a sec, maybe another one depending on where he goes. So yeah. it's going to be a, it's a, a pivotal sort of time at 25. It's, it's getting to the point now he wants to nail down a club that he really wants to go to and play for regularly. Um, I mean, it all depends. It all depends on what he wants. If he wants first, you know, regular first team football, or if he's going to be a, you know, a, a bit part player. Um, at twenty five, I'd be wanting to go to a club where you're going to be the number nine and the main man. But everybody's got their priorities, haven't they? I'll come to something that Will's obviously brought up, and it's something funnily enough that we've actually spoke about a couple of times, Kerr, isn't it? That mm. obviously, if you do lose. Some Scottish players. All right, I know she Adams isn't exactly Scottish. I mean, I know people can look at that and say, "We, well, you know, born in England." But he's got a family member and stuff like that that makes him Scottish. So that's obviously good enough to be, you know, Scottish within the kind of European system. Yeah. Is he the type of player that you would like to see Rangers going after? All right, I'm kind of asking this on the basis that Rangers could afford to buy him, right? Because obviously he'll probably be on good wages. So if Hampton would probably want a good transfer fee, but. Is he more the type of striker you would like to see us linked with? Yeah, I would take Shea Adams. No, I mean, well, I think he's a great player. I think he could offer us everything we need up top. He chases a ball. He holds a ball up well. He can score goals. He can do individual things himself. He can create stuff. I just think for, for some, if he came to us, it would be a superb signing. He would be the best striker in the country by a mile. But you see, he's on a good wage. Yeah, Southampton would probably want, even if I get rid of him, they probably demand a good ten million anyway because that's the English market. He's and but uh, we spoke about it at the weekend when Shadows and I threw in a name. Some people agreed with, some people didn't. I said Ollie McBurney because always out of contract. I like Ollie as well. He's direct. 
he can score goals. He gives a lot in a match. Like his work rate's superb, and he's got a bit of quality about him. All in, uh, I just think if he's out of contract, I know it. Well, somebody told me he's out of contract June twenty-three. I think if that was possible, he could done. I would do that in a minute. All right, Brian. I'll come to you on a slightly kind of different kind of point, but still about the same players. If, like, for instance, with somebody like Ollie McBurney, he's out of contract in the summer, right? So if you were maybe to go and try and get him now, you would maybe just pay a six-figure fee, bring him in now, um, add him into what we've already got, given the kind of striker problems we have at the moment with injuries and stuff like that. Or would you rather that we went out and paid a fee and brought in a Kevin Nisbet or a Lauren Shankland? Is that, like, something that you think about? Or do you think the board's just got to go after the best fit for what Michael Beale wants? At the end of the day, the, the board have got to go for who Michael Beale wants, because he's got to work with the players. He's got to train. He's got to train with them, try and nurture them, try and improve them. There's no point in the board going after somebody that Beale's not wanting or hasn't yeah. asked for. You know, um, if Beale's got a one, two, three, four, five, they've got to start at the top and work their way down. Simple as that. Um, there's no point in starting away down at three, thinking, oh well, we can't get one and two. If you don't ask, you don't get. You never know. Um, it sometimes it might take spending a bit of money like on this, but I mean, I don't think it'll be a you know, you're hearing fees of three, three and a half million, but I mean, he's out of contract next summer and the wages he's on, there's no way they can you know command such a big you know, like extortionate fee. But it is Rangers going after players in Scotland, so I'm afraid it's a it's a sort of minefield or a hazard that we've got to deal with quite regular. So but I would, if it was me, I'd be going for Nisbet all out and trying to get him in, definitely. No messing about. Yeah, well, it's interesting, isn't it? You're talking about a kid that's out of contract, basically, in the next kind of 16, 17 months. We're talking about a guy that he basically could sit out now until his contract runs out and then maybe cash in himself. So these yeah. are things that players start to consider, obviously, at this point. Because in his mind, maybe a bit like Porteous did a year ago, he's sitting thinking, I'm not going to sign a new deal. I mean, he might, to be fair, I mean, like, he might think that Hibs have looked after him during his injury and he might do that type of thing. But there's a lot of players out there that will think, right, I'm 25, I'm going to be 26 soon, I've maybe got one or two good contracts in me left. This is the time to maybe see out my contract unless somebody's willing to come in and pay the money that Hibs are willing to accept. Which if that is, you know, the case, the kind of £3 million plus, I don't see us paying that. Uh, at the moment, given we've still got Roof and Cholak and Morelos, maybe if that deal was available in the summer, the club could maybe potentially look at, you know, doing something there. I mean, like the McBurney one's interesting. You know, we're talking about a guy that's obviously moved for a lot of money at one point. You know, a, a lot more money than maybe what a lot of us thought that Ollie was worth. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, again, when you look at what Ollie did at Swansea and how they played very much suited all his style, and he ended up scoring, was it 20 plus goals he scored the championship that season? Aye, and he also done, he also done really well at one at Barnsley, and I think it was at Barnsley as well, and one in both of them where they got the play of the season award, so I don't know if it's a coincidence, but he, he, I think all he's, everything all he's got in his locker would help us as a side, I know people have put some comments saying Adams isn't good, or McBurney's a wee bit this, but you have to look at where we are as a club. We can't go out and bring strikers in for 10, 20 million. We can't do that. Obviously, if we could, then McBurney and Chi Adams wouldn't be anybody's name that we'd come out with. You would come out with far better players, but we're working in a market where we have to think of players that we can sign. Not yeah. players we want to sign, players we can sign. And that's uh, that's being realistic. 
Because if, if that's the case, then you've mentioned other players, but you've no chance signing them. So Adams could be a possibility, but I don't think he is. I think he's out of reach. McBurney, I think, would do well in Scotland, especially if we could get him in a free. I don't imagine he's on, I imagine he's on a good wage at Sheffield United, but I don't imagine it's maybe any more than maybe Connor Golson gets and Morelos gets at Rangers. Yeah. And uh, I think he would offer more than Morelos is offering just now. And if you look at our strikers and now, Morelos, yeah, you can look at what he's done in the past, but he's not doing it at the moment. Roof is very injury prone. And there's no real, there's no really else to get a lot of it, Harvey, to be honest with you. We've got Joe Lack, yeah. but he, he's injured at the moment as well, and he scored a few goals. But we need somebody, we need another option, something totally different. And I think that's what Ollie brings to you. I know CJ mentioned he's a, wee bit, he's a bit of a lad away to the park, and he probably has been, but I think some footballers have been worse than him. Some been spoke earlier, but you said Ryan Kent's, you don't really hear much about Ryan, and Ryan's total opposite, but some are just. Some are just away for the part thing now. A superstar, do you know that way? So maybe if he came up here, I don't know if it'd be too much for Ollie, because I had a big Rangers fan. He's dad, his dad Rangers mad, and that's how Ollie grew up a Rangers fan. So I don't know if he came up here, maybe we'd get involved in too much trouble, because I know what he's like. But listen, he'd be worth a gamble for me, especially if he's on a free. I mean, look, one of the things I'll touch on, and a lot of guys say this on social media as well, and I get it, right? You know, Rangers um and the same transfer dealings that they were 15, 20 years ago. So maybe when some people grew up and the players that Rangers were signing, that isn't the type of players that we're able to go out and get now. So I get the fact that Callum Scrooge, and I honestly think every name mentioned shouldn't be near our team. I think the one that, I think the person that changed me most in the last kind of 10, 15 years has been Steven Gerrard. And the reason I say that is when he brought in some of the guys he did, I hadn't heard of quite a few of these guys. You know, I'm not going to sit here and, and lie to people and say, well, I knew who Joe Aribo was and I knew who Connor Goldson was. And see, when you look at Goldson's career up until he moved to Brighton, it wasn't Sketchy. great. Sketchy. Yeah. So, like, you're sitting looking at these guys and go, we've just paid three million pounds for this guy. Or was it four million? Whatever it was, if he be paid. But I mean, look at what Connor Goldson's became for Rangers. He's basically became the heartbeat of that defence. He's basically the guy that plays every single week. You know, when you look at James Tavernier, I think he'd been out and loan five, six times or something like that. You know, he was never seen as somebody that was going to be good enough for the first team in a lot of people's eyes. And yet he's come in, become the captain, played all the games he has, become a pivotal part of the team. Joe Aribo, people are saying, oh, what are you sending a guy for Charlton for? You know, what are we you know, paying all this money for in terms of wages? And you look at what Joe Aribo became at Rangers. You know, Glenn Kamara had lost his way, ended up, you know, leaving Arsenal and, and going to Dundee. You know, a lot of people think, well, you know, why is a kid going for Aberdeen, eh, sorry, for Arsenal to Dundee? You know, where's this guy's career going? And I just think you've got to trust the judgment of the manager because clearly the players that we're going after are players that he wants. Yeah, like obviously the scouts can obviously bring, you know, players to the attention of the manager. I'm sure there's players on the continent that Rangers have looked at. But the one thing that Michael Beale knows probably better than anybody else is that market down in England. And that's where we did a lot of our business under Stephen Gerrard. And that's, I think, where we're going to do a good amount of our business this time around as well. So I think it's just having that level of trust in the manager and knowing what he needs for for the team, for the system, for how he wants to play the game. Because we've seen enough over the last couple of games since he's come in to see what he's trying to do. It's not always working. 
because maybe we don't have the players right now to work that system perfectly. But that's why he's out in the market trying to bring those players in. And I think it's just, you know, showing that wee bit of a level of trust. And that's what we need to do, you know, with the manager. And I think there is as well, there's an element, William, where you, you there's some guys just need a club where they feel at home and they feel wanted. Maybe these guys, you know, like Goldson and Tav before that and lots of other players dotted around on loan and they know they know a loan's just a, a means to an end and it's ends to get games. And a lot of the time players that are out on loan, multiple loans, know pretty much know they're never gonna play first team football for the club that's they're signed to. And it's just a case of getting them out the door and freeing up wages and stuff like that. And I think guys are starting to well not obviously all the time, but a vast majority now are realizing that you know going out, going signing for a big club, and then getting punted out and loan four or five, six times, yeah. not really doing them any good. So they're taking a punt on going out either down the leagues or coming up to Scotland because they think, well, at least I'm going to get first team football, and at least I'm going to be sort of wanted by the club, you know, instead of just getting farmed out and loan God knows how many times. Yeah, you know, an interesting one that's obviously come in in the comments, and it's and it's a name that obviously I'm not surprised we've been linked with, or that people keep talking about, because obviously Michael Beal brought him in at QPR, and he's worked with him. I think he signed him. He might not have to fair. I would, I would need to double check that. I think it's Chris Willock, isn't it? The guy's yeah. name at QPR. Yeah. Care. What yeah. do you know about him? Is he the type of player that you think that maybe Michael Beal will go after, or do you think that he's looking for something different? I think he's very similar to the boy Whitaker. He's right. probably a bit more experienced, he's direct, he's quick, he can play across the front, what I've seen at QPR. The only thing is, well, I think QPR probably want a lot more money for Boy Willock and right. Swanjo want for the Boy Whitaker. So, again, it comes down to finances. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of players out there Michael be will like, but he knows he's going to have to be club on the market, depending on the yeah. budget we've got. It's not yeah. just bringing players in on money, it's bringing players in wage-wise. Yeah. And I know... So he's going to have to work out his top signings and then maybe get a couple of players into the ball round about them. Because somebody did put the squad needs refresh. Listen, the squad needs refresh for the last couple of seasons. But again, that's down to the club backing the manager and the club giving them finance. And if a finance isn't there, sometimes you've got to work with the players you've got, which some of the players we've probably had for too long. But the manager can only do what he, he does with do what he does with the players he's got because at the end of the day, that's up to the board. Ross Wilson to get these deals figured out. <coughs> a couple of pre-transfers. You don't spend any money for them, but you give them a bigger sign-on fee and a bigger wage. If you're going to spend money on a player, then you're spending it both ways. So I, I don't know how much money we've got. The Rangers will never tell us that because they couldn't because it would affect other clubs. But yeah. it just depends how much we've got to get into the club. And also how much we can get out if you sell anybody as well. We'll touch on a couple of comments and then that will do us because we try and kind of keep it to half an hour, guys. We don't want to kind of kind of overdo it because there's obviously other pods on during the week that can touch on stuff a lot more. This is just a kind of morning rabble to touch on things day to day. You know, something could happen today ahead of tomorrow. So that's what we'll continue to do. Um, Wolf is asking, should we sit tight and signing a striker until the summer? Are you maybe getting somebody in on a pre-contract so we know he's coming in? And should we give more game time to guys like Robbie Ewer? Yeah, look, I think it's a fair point. I think we look at Robbie. Robbie's been a bit, he's maybe been a wee bit off it for the B team recently, but there is obviously options for players to come up. You know, you could move up maybe like a Zach Lovelace or maybe Robbie York could come up, maybe 
be on the bench, etc. So you can bring him off the bench to try and impact the game in the last 15, 20 minutes. It all depends on the seriousness to the injury to Ruth, doesn't it? And how quickly Cholak's going to return. We obviously do have fashion. You know, fashion can play through the middle. And I do wonder that maybe at tomorrow night's game, playing on that Astro pitch, if we do have one or two players that are carrying certain injuries, does that impact the manager's decision yeah. to start them? So that's something we'll obviously kind of touch on tomorrow as well, on the morning rabble, as well as any other players that, you know, who might be linked with Rangers. Clearly, for day-to-day, things do seem to change. I mean, yesterday, we probably didn't really know much about Morgan Whitaker, but once you kind of look at his skill set and, you know, the attributes he's got, his age, the potential fee, it does seem to kind of fit the type of player that we seem to be looking at right now. Um just try to see if there's any more questions quickly before we can say goodbye to everybody. Now nah, there's nothing much there, just kind of general chatter, guys. But appreciate you jumping into the chat today again. Thanks very much for joining us. It's been great. Um, as to keep the questions coming over the rest of the week, we're going to be looking at different things tomorrow. We'll not going to say too much about it today because it will give it away. But if you join us tomorrow morning at 11 a.m., we'll be talking about I see anything that's happened on the transfer front, and we'll maybe bring a few other players to the attention of people in terms of who we might be looking to try and bring in. But thanks again, and we'll see you all again very soon. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network.